God has something so fun in mind today. <laughs> Evil laugh. I've not mastered that one yet. Um, I believe the Lord really has something for us today. And do you know why I believe he has something for us today? Because he loves us. And sometimes when someone loves us, they get all up in our business. Have you noticed that? It's like, I love you, so I'm going to tell you this. And, and uh, I just have had this uh, time with the Lord this week that I just feel like he's going, okay, guys, we're going to deal with some internal issues today because you know what? He has a plan for you and he has a plan for this body and for this group. And I believe that he's going to lead us uh, down a path that just may bring about some wonderful things. So we're going to get into the word today. I know you just sat down, but we're going to stand up one more time. Just uno mas, one more time. And we're going to share the word and then we're going to jump in. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again. Anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. That's intense. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. And finally, truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the truth. Lord, we need truth in our life. It's the only thing that changes us, Lord, that uh, the blood of Jesus Christ and the truth that follows it. Lord, I just ask for your truth today. I pray, Father, for teachable hearts. Let mine be first, Father. And so I just ask that you cover this room, breathe life over and into. And Father, I'm asking that you you let walls down today. And I'm praying, Father, for um, tender spots and hearts that have gotten hard. I thank you, Lord. You are good. And we look forward to your truth. Let my stuff fall in your stand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was kind of fun because when I uh, first looked at this passage of scripture, Katie was talking about the kind of Bible that you use. And the Lord has used so many in my life over periods of time, and he uses different ones in different seasons. Um, uh, it seems like, you know, in my formative years, of course, my mom and dad only taught from the King James Version because you know that that was the only accurate one. And, uh, and so, I lived in the King James Version, and most of my memorization sometimes comes from the King James, and I don't catch it until I'm sharing it. But then I got a little bit older, and I actually wanted to understand what the Bible was saying. And so I switched to an NIV, and I used an NIV forever, and then I used a New American Standard because Pastor Ronnie liked New American Standard for a little while. And um, then Pastor Wayne went into the Message Bible, and whoo uh, it was wonderful. It just opened up things in a whole different way. Uh, and now I'm back to the NAS and the NIV most of the time. But when the Lord is growing me 
when he's trying to really get a point across to me, he takes me back to my Amplified Bible because it's so simple and it just expounds on it. And so, for example, like in, in this um, in the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are the meek for, it will say, blessed, happy, to be envied are those. And so it opens it up to me. And I love that sometimes. And so when I'm being hard-headed and uh, trying to grab hold of a concept, the Lord will often take me to the Amplified Bible. And that's where I am today. And the, the cool thing about it is the whole caption at the top of this passage, it just says murder. And, <laughs> and I thought, that's such a simple topic. All I have to do is say, don't do it. And uh, then we can go on with the music and go get lunch. And that worked for me. But then there was this issue with it. And the issue is, is there are all of these words written in red underneath there. And these words written in red get me every time. You know, when I was in school, if there was something written on re in red on the top of my paper, my mother paid a lot of attention to that. And um, she's like, we're always going to pay attention to the things in red, whether your teacher marks that grade up there in red with a talks too much. Don't know where she got that. <laughs> Must have thinking of somebody else. Um, but words in red are important. And words that he left for us that Jesus spoke when he walked the planet, these are important. He doesn't waste his words. You know, people say, oh, it's the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's the last will and testament. This is what he left to us. And I don't know about you, but I have a will. And in my will, I have only talked about the most important things. I haven't talked about the cheese grater in the drawer. The, the, Katie, close your ears. <laughs> the things that unimportant things, you don't put those in the will. The things that are important, they're here. And the things that are most important, you're going to find in red if your Bible has red letters. Can't ignore those. And so under this whole murder thing that it's talking about, it goes into this whole passage of Scripture that really just kind of felt like somebody is getting into my business. Because he says, don't be angry with your brother and sister and don't carry it. And if you go to the altar and there you remember that somebody has something against you. Guys, this was supposed to say when you go to the altar, if you remember that you're mad at somebody, then go and deal with it. But it doesn't say that. It says if somebody's mad at you and you know it. And part of the issue is sometimes we don't know it. And so we don't deal with it. And part of the issue is that we do know it and we still don't deal with it. So we're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with it. And as I was pushing into this, I was reminded I've got uh, four sisters and my mother could not stand for us to bicker or to fight or to just, you know, you pick at each other. Anybody in here got siblings? <laughs> Are you the nice one in the group? <laughs> oh, you guys are really honest. <laughs> um, but I, we could always tell we, we didn't want to fight and bicker and she wouldn't let us call names. When we get to this portion, in my household, the word fool was a curse word. I feel bad saying it even now. <laughs> could you take that out of the tape? Um, but the way that we treated each other really mattered. And if you have children, 
The way they treat each other really matters to you. Doesn't it matter to you? Don't you want them to get along? They don't have to agree with everything, but you want them to get along and to love each other and honor each other. Well, that's what he's after here. Because in the body of Christ, we call each other brother and sister. We call each other the family of God. And in the family of God, there's going to be bickering and there's going to be differences and there are going to things that uh, be things that come up. And if we don't deal with them in a healthy manner, then what we wind up with is unhealthy family, an unhealthy church, and then God can't do what he wants to do. Now, before anyone jumps to a conclusion and goes, ooh, there must be something really bad going on here that they're having to address this. Well, I want to talk, no, I'm kidding. Um, there's not, and we want to keep it that way. You know, and what, something else that the Lord's really had to grow me in, and, and if he has to grow me, then I'm trusting that he has to grow some of you guys too, is in the way that we deal with hard things the way that we deal with conflict. And so the Lord began to lay that out about how are you gonna deal with this? I did not have a good example of dealing with conflict. I didn't have a good example growing up. My father was an avoider. His father was a uh, alcoholic. And so my father's way of coping with things when anything difficult happened or when we got crossways with each other, my father did one of two things. He would either go silent and pretend that he lived in the house all alone and none of us existed, or he would leave. He would leave because he would never confront a situation. My mother never confronted situations. I think hers was a completely different reason, and it was because she never felt like her opinion mattered. She never felt like what was going on on the inside of her had value enough to to risk stepping into a hard place. And then I had a stepfather who was violent and aggressive and angry. And what I learned from him was that you cower and you move away from anything hard and you get quiet. And none of those things are healthy. None of those things are healthy. And so many of us need a healthy example of how to deal with hard things and how to address conflict when it arises. Otherwise, we're walking around with garbage in our hearts. And and there's a scripture that says, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we can come boldly before the throne. We can come boldly before God. And I have to tell you, I have a practice in my life or call it a discipline in my life or a ritual, whatever you want to call it. But my thing is that when I lie down in bed at night, I search my heart. I search my heart and go, God, if I have done anything that has hurt anyone or offended anyone or has caused an issue, Lord, show me because I I want to deal with it. I want a clean heart. I want a clean heart. And I know that you do too, because God has plans for you. He has things that he wants to accomplish. And so as I was getting into this, I said, okay, right now in this room, I would venture a guess, well, just guess, that probably 98%, maybe 97.4% of the people in this room fall into one of two categories. You are either a confronter or an avoider. I know what some of you are, and pretty much everyone in here knows what I am. Um, But to avoid it, hey, Chris, (laughs) I love that God is bringing some of the ones we've been praying for in hospitals are sitting amongst you today. That's how faithful he is, how good he is. So I want to 
wanna talk to you. The Lord gave me three words for today in addressing this, how we do this in a healthy way. You know, this passage of scripture says, he who says to his brother, Raka, I know you're not using that all the time as you're driving, (laughs) but you get the gist of it because what that actually means is part of the issue, guys, I know I'm jumping a little bit. Part of the issue is each one of you were created in God's image. And when he breathed breath, into your lungs, with that came this innate dignity, this honor that is due the breath of God on the inside of every human being on the planet. Whether you like what they're doing or how they're acting or, or what they look like, none of that matters. What matters is that they are deserving of human dignity, of respect, and of honor because they are created in God's image. And part of the issue when we cry raka, that we are literally saying, oh, they're an idiot. They have no mental capacity. They are just lacking in all of these things. And when you're saying this, you're saying this about someone that was created in the image of God. Now, whether or not they're using all of the faculties that God gave them is a different issue. But your attack on that innate dignity that is due every single human being on the planet, that's an issue. And it's more of an issue for us than it is for the person that we're saying it about. It tests our heart. So that, and then to call someone a fool, my mother, oh my goodness, she would come down so hard on it because she would say, Barbie, that's about the only place you're gonna find in scripture where Jesus talks about the fires of hell. And he does. That's because it matters to him. It matters to him how we deal with one another and how we deal with issues. To call someone a fool, this particular word is morose, and it means that you are going, you have a bad heart and dark character. Makes me think of Pastor Ronnie when he went, one of his pastors went, you have bad spirit. But see, that was done in a corrective way. Sometimes we do it in a condemning way. We may pass judgment on the creations of God, and we have no right to do that. We have no right to do that. Uh, The scripture says, in so much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means there are things that we can do to live at peace. Are we always going to get there? No, because sometimes peace... My mom used to say, you're my little peacemaker, Barbie. You're my little peacemaker. And really what it was was that I was just afraid to talk about anything. I was afraid to bring in conflict. I was afraid to make anyone angry. I was afraid that if I said this, then they were going to get mad and then they were going to reject or whatever. And and so what she called a peacemaker a lot of times was somebody who's just a really big chicken just really not willing to step into the fire for the sake of peace. And one day I'm like, mom, I'm trying. I am really trying to get peace in this situation. So I don't want to say anything. And she said, Barbie, sometimes the price of peace is war. And I just thought it reframed it for me to go sometimes, and I'm not saying go to war, but I'm saying sometimes it's worth the battle to get to the other side and find peace. And sometimes the battle isn't what you think it is. So let's talk for just a minute. I want to talk to you confronters. I want to talk to you confronters. There's a couple of ways that we can confront things. By definition, one is healthy and one isn't healthy. The first one, and it's one that is geared by emotion and fed by our rights and what we think and what we think we deserve. And it is fueled and it literally means to go in and to go in aggressively and argumentatively, 
trying to prove your point face to face. Let's go argue this out. I'm gonna tell him what I think about this. And I'm gonna take 10 years of history in with me and do it. I'm gonna go in, that kind of confrontation is not healthy and that's not the way the Lord does things. That's not the way he does. There's a second form of confrontation that says to get face to face with someone and address the issues at hand. Address the issues at hand. Don't let them fester. Don't let them simmer. Don't let them stay because that's where the issues come in. And all of a sudden you blow up and you do something stupid that's totally inconsistent with your character because you've not been willing to, to, to step in where you needed to step in and say the things you needed to say. Guys, this happens all the time in marriages, in friendships. You're just like, oh, I just won't say it. I just won't say it. I just won't say it. Sometimes you need to say it. There are times when you just need to let the Lord heal you, that there, there isn't an intentional offense, and you just need to let the Lord step in. You need to take it before him and go, God, I just cannot get over this. It, sometimes even after you've tried to deal with it, you're like, God, I just cannot get over this. And you need to get on your face in front of him, spend some time, push the the plate back a few times and go, God, please, Lord, let let this be healed in my life because I'm, I'm being damaged and I'm causing damage. So we can go to him. And there are many times I was sharing with someone in between services. One of my favorite quotes is from Bishop um, Tudor. And he said, I am so grateful for every time that God has restored me in the privacy of my own mind. See, he can restore us in the privacy of our own mind or we can be restored publicly. (laughs) I prefer the privacy of my own mind, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes we've got to get in there and have a little bit of battle and be willing to step where we don't want to step to get where we need to go. Now, because I had really bad examples of this in my life, God graced my life with my husband, Hal Laughlin, who is great at this. He doesn't let anything, <laughs> he just addresses it and he has a confidence to do it, you know, and, and uh, I've always wanted that. And he gave me Pastor Ronnie Meek, who I'll, I can't tell you how many times I'd go, but I, but I can't do that. And he would just kind of laugh and he'd go, yes, you can. <laughs> and yes, I could. And I grew and I'm still growing in that. That doesn't mean that I always get it right. A couple of weeks ago, oh my goodness, um, couple of weeks ago, literally guys, seriously, in the last almost 20 years, um, anger is not my issue, but I've had like, this was the second time in the last number of years. I, I just let my spirit get really ugly, um, on the inside and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was so angry with someone. I was so frustrated and, um, I personally hate that feeling. I do not like that at all. I just, I do, I can't deal well with it. And so I drew actually on one of Pastor Ronnie's precepts because when you're angry or you're wanting to shoot off that email or you're wanting to send whatever, you want to, I'm going to tell, he has this 24 hour rule, you know, and he'd go, just give it 24 hours. Give it to the Lord and give it 24 hours. And then after 24 hours, you can respond to it. And uh, the wonderful thing is I went from like crying mad, 
you know, just like where you just don't even know what to, just frustrated and mad and went radio silent for a little bit. And um, I know Pastor Kevin was praying for me. And uh, in that 24 hours of taking it to the Lord and going, God, I don't like this part of me. I don't like this feeling. The Lord began to show me all of these things that I was upset about and how distorted it was and how wrong I was and how I had totally misinterpreted everything. And God can do that if we let him do that. And sure enough, you know, a couple of days later, we sat down and had a conversation and it was absolutely everything the Lord had said that I had misinterpreted because we hadn't communicated correctly. And sometimes that's our biggest issue. The biggest issue is that we don't really know uh, the intention of the person that we're mad at. We don't really know what's going on and we don't have the backbone to step in and find out. And, uh, And God is dealing with that, which I think is a great thing. Can I say something just a little bit? Um, I'm already, (laughs) what you gonna do? Where you going? Um, You know, I said that about not having a good example from my parents. Guys, I'm 58 years old and I gotta quit blaming my parents for my stuff. And uh, once you reach a certain age, it's not your parents' fault anymore, it's yours. And so you can do with that what you will. I guess there's conversations coming my way, but guys, you can only blame them for so long. You can only blame them for so long. I messed up so much as a parent. I wish I could go back and change so many things. I wish I could have a mulligan. I wish I could just go do over these things, but I can't. But what I can do is trust that God will make, straighten out the messes that I've made or or, uh, that his truth will overshadow anything that I messed up. Guys, my parents deserve that same grace. They deserve that same dignity. I can't keep blaming blaming them for the way that I behave at my age. And you can't keep making that your excuse for how you deal with things or don't deal with things or your anger issues or the things that you do. Well, my dad, your dad's not here anymore. You are. God has a better way. God has a better way. The other thing is the avoiders. And that would have been me because if you don't speak about it, then it didn't really happen. You know, the famous last words of avoiders, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. No, but 20 years later, you're still carrying it. So it must have been more of a deal than you. Guys, if we would just fix things when they happen, if we would just fix it when it happens, if we would be bold enough and strong enough to just step in and let God do it, Avoiding isn't the holy answer. You know, it isn't, I'm going <laughs> to, oh, oh, like being shorter. We're all going to see him. <laughs> Next time, Scotty, you're going to sing as you come. <laughs> um, avoiding things. Sometimes we can think, oh, that's just the holy way. We're letting it go. No, you're not. You're talking to your friends about it, you know? No, you're not. You're not letting it go. You're just not talking to the people you're supposed to be talking to about it. You're talking to everybody else. And let, I don't, let's stop. 
Let's just get clean and let's get real. And, and see, there are confronters and there are avoiders, but the word that the Lord gave me uh, back a, quite a while ago, I was <laughs> having one of my days and I was like, God, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to deal with this. And I, I'm like, Lord, I don't wanna go in there and have an argument. I don't wanna just let it go. I don't know what to do here. And the Lord just spoke to my spirit and he said, can you have a conversation. Can you have a conversation? And I'm like, Lord, yes, I can have a conversation. I can have a conversation. But Lord, you've got to show me how to have a healthy conversation, not one that goes in blaming everybody for what they've done and for the feelings that I have because of that. Lord, show me how to have a healthy conversation so that we can deal with the hard things, that we can deal with conflict, and we can move forward in a healthy way. Because there's this sign here that keeps saying healthy. Healthy family, healthy family. And so let's work toward getting there. You want to? And I said, okay, Lord, show me how to have a healthy conversation. And he took me to a passage of scripture that I would not have anticipated, that I wouldn't have thought had to do with this. If you could throw that up there for me. It's a very familiar one. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Let's start with that slide. Let's just take the word love out for just a second because what happens is when we go into a hard conversation, a lot of times we're not feeling love. A lot of times we don't have a great deal of love for the person. So we grab hold of the love of God which is on the inside of each of us. And that needs to be the well that we draw from going into a hard conversation. Lord, am I going in there to prove my point? Or am I going in there to bring about reconciliation? Am I going in in order to bring healing and wholeness to this relationship? Do I love this person and care about them? A conversation is patient. That means you don't go in telling them everything that you have against them. It means you go in and you listen listen. Because if you will listen, you just might find out that everything you assumed to be true is false. And you might find out that there's been a a gross misunderstanding and none of the rest of it is even relevant anymore. If you will listen, it's kind. Hard conversations can be kind because it's flowing from the spirit on the inside of you. It doesn't have to be accusatory. It doesn't have to be blaming. It doesn't have to be shame inducing all of the you dids and, and I can't believes. It can go in with kindness. It doesn't boast and it's not proud. It doesn't go in trying to achieve your result. Your goal is not to go in and walk out and go, man, I I told them everything I said was true. That was true. No, you're going in for resolution and reconciliation. Uh, Let's go to the next slide. Our conversation, it doesn't dishonor others. Have you ever been a part of a conversation where all you did was feel shame? and blame, and you felt accosted by the time it was over. There's no reconciliation and healing in that. This dishonoring, this goes back to what I said earlier. Every human being carries the breath of God, and they are worthy of an honorable exchange. 
They are worthy of a conversation that is full of dignity and full of grace and full of the intellect and and the heart posture that God has given us as sons and daughters of God. It's not self-seeking. It's not about me. When you go into that conversation, it's not about just you. It's about what God wants to do in that situation. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. That's huge, guys. You can't go in and go, 11 years ago, when you came and you did this, I have been carrying this for this amount of time. You should have dealt with it 11 years ago. When you go into one of these conversations and you're trying to resolve conflict, deal with the matter at hand. Deal with what you're dealing with today. Let yesterday be yesterday. Forgive people for their yesterdays as you've been forgiven for yours, and have a real conversation that is about this issue. The words never and always should not be in that conversation. Well, you always do this, or you never do that, because you know what? That's a lie, and that's not truth, because nobody always and never. We're not wired that way. We keep no record of wrongs. It's not about how you messed up yesterday. It's about let's fix this and move on from this moment. And so the last one says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. We want truth. You can spout a thousand facts in a conversation, but if you will start with truth and if you will start with God's truth, God's truth about the situation, That's your answer. That's your answer. Start with truth. Rejoice in the truth, not in the opinions. As Pastor Ronnie and Pastor Kevin have said, everyone's got opinions, but it doesn't mean you're supposed to share them all the time. Start with truth. And let's get the last one. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. That is what a healthy conversation looks like. It protects one another because you love each other. It trusts, it trusts that if you tell, I can trust if you tell me something, you are telling me the truth. And they should be able to trust if I'm telling them something, I'm just telling them the truth. Not mean truth, just truth. We should trust in that. We should be able to protect each other and have these conversations. Because you know what? I think the body of Christ... The blessing that comes from unity. And guys, the blessing in your marriages, in your marriages, uh, Pastor Kevin was sharing in between services. He says, I just really feel like there's an anointing for marriages today that need to have real conversations instead of just carrying things around to be able to have real conversations because that's what God wants. Or you can just keep carrying it. And keep carrying it and keep carrying it. You know, I had this imagery. It hit me a couple of days ago. I thought, Lord, how interesting would it be if you had anger and frustration and uh, garbage running through your spirit? What if it manifests outward? What if you were angry, James, and anger just drew this black stripe across your forehead or you were frustrated and it just got this big mark on the side of your face. How quickly do you think you would deal with it? 
Every time you stepped in front of a mirror, you'd go, oh, I got to deal with that. I'm so tired. Everybody's seeing that. Well, it might not be a black stripe, but everybody is seeing it. And when you step in front of the mirror, this is the mirror that you're stepping in front of. And it's going to tell you to deal with the issues at hand because God wants his people to walk in peace and love and kindness and generosity, all of those things that he has for us. But we get to make a decision about how we want to live that. You know, we get to choose and we choose wrong so often. I'm going to grab the worship team a little bit early. But I want to ask you, are you going to continue to confront in an unhealthy way? Are you going to avoid it and wait for whatever it is to just go away? Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And the reason we're not dealing with it is because we're afraid. And no decision, there should never be a decision in our life that is based purely on fear, ever. It's not healthy. We make decisions based on wholeness. And so the Lord reminded me of a poem, and I have shared it with you before, but it's still in my spirit, so I'm going to share it. God's goal is unity, wholeness. You know what? Sometimes this passage of Scripture says, if you go to take your gift before the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift and go and be reconciled. Part of the issue is we don't know you're upset. I have had, sometimes I don't know you're upset with me until you come up here for me to pray with you. (laughs) And then you say something like, I have been upset with you for two years. And my heart is, and my response is always the same. I am so sorry You've been carrying this for that long. I wish you would have come and had a conversation with me. I wish you had had that conversation with me because I had no idea. But see, anger and frustration that is pent up, it distorts the truth and it magnifies the confusion and it magnifies the lies. And scripture tells us where there is strife, every evil work abounds. If you have strife, whether it's on the inside of your spirit or it's in your household or it's between your brothers and your sisters, I want you to know that you are kicking the door open for every evil work. And that looks a whole lot like, well, I'm just upset today. Well, let's just take in the evil work of malice and hatred and gossip and slander and hatefulness and all of these things that the enemy brings in when we just refuse to have the conversation. Have the conversation. You carry a wounded heart in hand. You've done it now for years. From time to time, you take it out to mourn and to shed your tears. What should have healed so long ago lays broken and bleeding still. For you refuse to lay it down, though often you say you will. Bound tight by cords of bitterness, the pain's a living thing. It consumes your days and directs your ways. Like talons in your mind, it clings. 
Flashes from your past do play and you long so to be free. But child, you cannot do alone what must be done by me. Mm. Complete and whole is my plan for you. No ties to the wounds of the past. Cease your ups and downs and walk stable and sure because child, my healing lasts. But there's one thing that I'll require of you. And yes, I'm sure you know, if I am to take the pain away, you must choose to let it go. We have the choice We have the choice today to decide to have the conversations that bring wholeness. We have the choice today to face the issues in our lives that divide us, that dishonor others, and cause us to walk in a way that we would have never chosen to walk. So today I'm going to ask some of the elders to come forward, and we're going to pray. And here's the prayer that I'm going to ask them to pray with you. I'm going to ask them to pray that you would be strengthened and given wisdom on the inside that makes you strong enough to have the conversations you need to have, okay? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that your heart is reconciliation. I thank you that it is wholeness. And and Father, you're not finished completing us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hear your call this morning. And that we would deal with the things we need to deal with in order to go where we know you want to take us. Lord, you are faithful. And I thank you, Lord, that you have healing in mind today and wholeness in mind today. So we submit to you and we ask you, Lord, make us strong enough to do what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. If the elders would come, if you guys would stand. If you need somebody to pray for you, for your marriage, for a hard situation you're walking through, maybe it's just conflict you have with yourself, come and let them pray that God would strengthen you to walk as you need to walk and have the conversations you need to have. Go ahead, guys.